Love, love is the gift we are seeking. On that wonderful day, night, not sure what time it was, but God himself in flesh came to us because he loved us. Fully God, yet fully man. It was such an awe-inspiring night for the shepherds, for Mary and Joseph. It was a holy night because God himself had come to earth. Oh, 
As we talked about uh, just a moment ago, the stories that we've seen, the angel Gabriel who appeared to Zechariah reminded Zechariah of the promises that God uh, had made. He'd been making them through the centuries, bringing about his salvation plan in Jesus. We talked about it two weeks ago, how the angel Gabriel then appeared later to Mary and was able to assure her of God's plan for her and that she found and experienced peace in surrender. As she said, you know, I'm the Lord's servant, let it be done. And that we also are called to surrender to, to, to the Lord in all things. Last week we talked about how Joseph, boy, in a moment of just absolute crisis, finding his young fiance pregnant and it wasn't his, and what's going to happen the angel comes and reassures him, this is from the Lord. And the joy in the turnaround that God has a purpose that is much bigger than him, much bigger than, than his ideals, much bigger than his goals in life, that God brought joy in the turnaround. Today, we're going to see how the Lord, and through his angels, tells us about the love of God. That just as Aaron reminded us earlier, it doesn't matter the the sadness, the depression, the difficulties, they're, 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 they're real. But we can always be assured of God's love. Your worth. Let's hear it in the story. Read this together with me. Um, I'll read it out loud for us. In Luke chapter 2, the very familiar Christmas story, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that, should be that, that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went their own hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While the while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then suddenly... A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels uh, had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured 
up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. Now the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which which were just as they had been told. It's a familiar story. I don't know if you have a Christmas tradition, but in my home it was always the one where where finally dad, after maybe chaos, he would always say, no, we're going to stop for a moment and we're going to read the story. We would come back and and, and just hear these words again, uh, the, the, the words that are familiar to us, the words that remind us of, well, of Mary and Joseph. They remind us of Bethlehem, the small town, of the manger where Jesus was laid, of the roomless inn. I like this translation of NIV. They said there was no guest room for them. I thought, I always remember no room in the inn. And I always imagined that they got to the door and they're knocking and it's like no vacancies outside of the motel. Um, Bethlehem was actually a very small town. And probably most Bible scholars said there probably wasn't an actual inn or an actual hotel or a lodging place like that. Um, I remember taking some college students and we went and stayed in the mountains of Peru and they stayed there all summer. And uh, where would you find a a place to stay in in a town of maybe only 100 people? Well, there's always someone who has the guest room. They're willing to rent out. There was always that, oh yeah, we, we have a little place out back that has a few little rooms that, that where travelers are coming through. You always find them. And it was probably something more like that, that the guest room was full, that all the guest rooms were full. They were packed and there was no place for them to stay. The shepherds and the story, and of course Jesus. The story is all about Jesus. These are all the things we tend to focus on But I guess this Christmas, as we've gone through the series, I really wanted to focus on this perspective that I had not thought of much before, but the perspective of the angels. Have you thought about the perspective of the angels, especially on that that, that day of Christ's birth and the time leading up to Jesus? They had an incredible anticipation, I believe, that, that, that this idea that the culmination of the salvation history, that the Christ child would be born, that this had to be a time of expectation, anticipation, and excitement for these angels. Now, whenever we come to Christmas season, that's usually a season of excitement. Is, that, is this true for your home? One of you already shared with me today that you just had your family Christmas celebration. You had it a little early, and um, I think it was nine children. Is that right? Not nine grandchildren. And, and, and we all know what this is like, right? When there's children involved in Christmas, it just makes Christmas exciting. All right? I mean, there is... My mom would say chaos. <laughs> My mom's not a fan of chaos, but it is chaos. It is excitement. It is presence. It's was it screaming, screaming, and yelling, and um, just glee, and just oh boy, what's going to be in that present? Oh, what's going to happen next? There's just that anticipation. And you remember trying to maybe get children to go to sleep, or maybe you were one of those children that oh, can I go to sleep on Christmas Eve? It's like oh, you've got the excitement about tomorrow. There's always some anticipation built in to Christmas. But can you imagine for the angels, through the millennia, through the centuries, building up this anticipation of the birth of the Christ child? You see, we've sung songs, right? We just sang infant lowly, infant holy, right? Infant holy, infant lowly. Whichever way it goes. We just sang the song about, here's the oxen lowing, do you know, right? that the babe that was born is Lord of all. We just sang that. 
Because we're not sure that the oxen knew squat. I mean, they may not have known anything. They might have been eating. We don't even know there were oxen there. But we know there might have been animals around. We don't know what was going on. But do they know that this is the Messiah child? Mary, it says in the scripture we just read, pondered these things in her heart. Two weeks ago, or last week, we sang a song that uh, 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 Laura shared with us. You know, Mary, did you know? There's all kinds of wonder about what did they know. But let me tell you who knew. The angels knew. The angels knew. Listen to what it says in the book of Peter. First uh, Peter, Peter tells us this. He says, uh, the good news about Jesus, it was revealed to the prophets. God has been sharing throughout history what he was going to do. And when they spoke the things that have now been told you by those who preach the good news or preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Then look at this last phrase. Even angels long to look into these things. So in heaven, what were the angels doing? What was their favorite topic of conversation? What was their big interest? It was like, you know, I'm thinking about studying archaeology. No! The angels wanted to study and learn about Jesus. The angels didn't want to talk about philosophy. They didn't want to talk about Bible. The angels wanted to see, what is this, gonna, what is this salvation history going to be like? What's going to happen? How is God going to bring about the fulfillment of all things and redeem the universe and bring people into a relationship with him? How is he going to deal with this sin problem? The angels wanted long to look into to the things about salvation, the things that concern Jesus. We heard the scripture read uh, by Alex this morning from John chapter 1. It says, look, in the beginning was the word, the logos, the reason, the understanding. It's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. When the angels who were created by God were created, Jesus was there. They knew of him. In fact, they knew that all the universe surrounded by him. He sustains the universe. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, look at this. This. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he provided purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. That place he dwelt, the place he held, the station he had before this birth, before the incarnation, before coming to us, Jesus has returned to his rightful place as king of all things. Who knew this? Not us, but the angels knew. When the creation, as God continues to prophesy about who Jesus would be and about his coming, imagine what that Wait, our Jesus? Wait, can you imagine God giving the orders like, okay, guys, get ready. Um, I've got some assignments for you. I've got some things for you to do. All right, it's here. It's time. It's time for the birth of, of the Messiah. Jesus, okay, let's get ready. I mean, can you imagine the anticipation of the angels over all of this time, over all of this excitement? Verse 4, and so he, Jesus, became much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. I don't want to, like, give you too much of a preview, but next Sunday, Sunday, it's Christmas. If you guys, okay. Christmas Sunday morning, we're going to preach on this passage. We're going to look at Jesus. I mean, this has been, we've been talking about the angels for a while, a little bit, this Advent. 
we're going to focus on Jesus because it's all about Jesus. The, the, the writer of Hebrews wants to make sure we know that the name that he has is so superior to the angels because he is the center. He holds it together. In Colossians chapter 2, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought into fullness because he is the head over every power, every authority. What was it like for these angels? It's Christmas. It's the time when Jesus is coming. It's the time when, when God will, will, will somehow strip off. It says, it tells us in Philippians, that he who in very nature God did not consider equality with him something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the form of man, humbled himself, became obedient to, to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God's exalted to the highest place. This Jesus took off, kind of like taking off the sweater. You know, he would take off this part of his divinity and Jesus limiting himself, the kenosis, the coming to be with us. This was an amazing moment. And the angels had to anticipate what is about to happen here. Wait, human? Wait, limited? Wait, all the fullness of God in bodily form? You mean our Jesus? You mean our creator? You mean our king is going to limit himself and be in a Wait, what? Can you imagine the angels' excitement? Can you imagine their anticipation of this day? As we've been reading some of these Advent devotions, there's been a lot been pushing us to think about Jesus' return. Is there any anticipation for you about what that day will be like? You see, on this end, we're kind of like the angels. We know who he is now. We know who Jesus is now. And we know that he's returning. We know that he is coming back. We know that we have a future and a hope. And we will see him face to face. Our faith will become sight. There's going to be a day. Are we like the angels in that? But there's something else I want you to think about with me this morning. I don't know what their anticipation was like, but I imagine it was pretty big. What seems to be interesting to me is then, could you imagine their response to this, well, quite honestly, an incomprehensible assignment. I, I mean, they've got this anticipation of the Messiah uh, becoming flesh, the, the incarnate Son of God, uh, walking among humanity as they think about it, and then they're given an assignment. What was their assignment? Well, well you read it, right? Verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over the flock at night. I don't know about you, but this might have been one of those moments I would have been like, <clears throat> question um, God. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I know I'm just an angel, and I know, but this is the birth of your son. This is the Messiah King. This is the, the one who holds all things together by his powerful word. Okay, I'm thinking we could do a little bit bigger party here. Um, I mean, we are these angels you have created. Do you want us to, like, take the rings of Saturn and, like, spin them faster? Or what if we just, like, I mean, just shoot some stars across the sky? Or what if we just, I mean, every volcano on Earth erupts. Now, it won't get all smoky. We'll take the smoke out. But, I mean, it's going to be cool. It'll be like fireworks. Um, I mean, can't we do something a little bit bigger? I'm thinking the seas. Let's make them roar. Let's make the mountains quake. In the, let's make the trees clap their hands. Let's just, I mean, shout it. I'm, 
Now, who are we inviting? Let's get the guest list going. Okay, Roman emperors, um, Persian kings. Um, let's get all of the royalty. Let's deck it out. The biggest feast, the biggest celebration, right? It's for your son. God, let's make this happen. Let's make this big. Let's make this for your renown, for the renown of your son. Let's. Anybody with me? Party planners? Are you right thinking, let's get this going here? Wait. No, no, no. Go to the shepherds. Okay, sometimes we romanticize the shepherds a little bit, right? It's these, you know, because shepherds, you know, the pastors are supposed to be shepherds. Oh, you know, taking care of the flock. And maybe this is a symbol of, you know, it wasn't. It just wasn't. I'm sorry. That's not what the Luke is trying to show us. That's not what God is trying to The shepherds in this time period, that was like the job you didn't want. That was like the one that nobody really wanted to do. These guys were working the night shift. They were out keeping their flocks at night. This was like, okay, <clears throat> I um, years ago I had to get new siding put on my house. And the contractor that was helping put on the roof and do all the work, he was like, oh, yeah, we haven't got the siding up. I got to get my siding expert guys. I was like, okay, well, wait till you get your siding expert guys. I was talking to my boss, and he said, you know what a siding expert is? I was like, no, I don't. He's like, that's an unemployed guy from yesterday. Um, he was like, that's not a super high skill. And I was like, that, what do you mean that's not a super high skill? I mean, it seems like a pretty high skill for me. I don't know how to do it. But his comment was, that, that, that's a job that you can teach someone to do pretty quickly. It's not that hard. And I thought, well, this is like the shepherds of their day. It was seen as a lowly job. It was seen as, well, anybody could go out there and kind of keep the wolves away from the sheep or keep them corralled. This is just something anybody can do. This is unskilled labor. This is not all that important. Do we do that today? Just like my boss. Oh, you know, that's just unskilled labor. Oh, these, this is just the person serving me at the restaurant. Oh, this is just the person that, that's helping me, you know, at the checkout line at the store. Oh, this is the person, um, <clears throat> I'm going to speak up for the people in customer service, right? Customer service people, right? Amen. Amen. Uh, the people that, oh, fix my thing that wasn't done right. I'm upset. God chose to show the shepherds that they, that night, were the ones that he laid absolute importance on them. It wasn't this secondary job. It wasn't the afterthought position. It wasn't just the, oh, you're anyone that, no, no, no. They got elevated. That They got to hear. Who came? An angel of the Lord appeared. There's the emphasis to them. Not to Roman emperors, not to Persian kings, not to the, the religious elite, the temple, the high priest of the temple. Oh, no, no, they didn't get to hear. But that night, the angels appeared to the shepherds. Who do you discount? I'm telling you, God made sure that these shepherds knew their worth. You see, the truth of the matter is, we're all just shepherds. You guys remember doing this? I just saw it on Friday. Our preschoolers here, here. We have to celebrate our preschool. As the family, this place was packed with parents and grandparents, and the preschoolers are acting out the story of Jesus, and there's little people dressed up as wise men and little ones dressed up as shepherds and little kids with little sheep ears on jumping up and down. And you know, as they're relating the story of Jesus, the truth of the matter is, in the eyes of God, are we not all just these little children with the little sheep ears going, yay! Does God need our praise? Does he, he allows us to come. We're all just humble children. We are all just shepherds.
this season, I, I want to make sure my eyes are open. I want to make sure that I'm seeing those that God has placed around me, that those God has placed, whether it's someone I'm talking to on the phone, uh, a salesman that I'm talking to at the store, a person at the restaurant, a per- that anyone I encounter, that I need to say, the Lord would have appeared to them. The Lord wants them to see the love and the glory of Jesus. That he wants to see that love reflected in my life. Just like the shepherds sitting out with their flocks at night, not really able to go home that night, not probably where they wanted to be, got the incredible grace of the presence of the host of the Most High. It had to be just an incomprehensible assignment to those angels. But look at the lesson that it teaches us. Finally today, um, as we consider the, the, this example of the, the, the angels and their perspective, I, I want us to look and focus on their incredible announcement. This task that they were given to do, this incredible announcement that is not just for the shepherds, but it's for us. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. If there's one thing I feel like our world needs to hear today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I I know that there are circumstances beyond our control. I know there are unknowns that, that, that keep us kind of quaking at night. I know there are things that we can't figure out how to manipulate or make it work out. I know that there are just obstacles in the way. I know that there are global uncertainties from economic. We know all of that. If you don't, turn on the news. But the truth of the matter is God still speaks. Do not be afraid. I've got some good news. I've got some good news that this Lord of glory, the one by whom and for whom the universe was made, this king who has come to us, has come to bring salvation, has come to bring eternity. Today, in the town of David, a Savior is born. He is Christ, or he is the Messiah. He is the one that has come to us. He is the Lord of all things. He can handle the problems that we're facing, the difficulties we're struggling with. He is Christ. You're going to find this baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. I know, this isn't our plan. I'm sorry the angels are saying. We would have had him born in the most royal of all palaces. In fact, we probably would have built him a palace. We would have made it. But God has chosen to say he's identifying with the lowest. He's identifying with us. We just sang the song. We just saw, O Holy Night. And it says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining. When I was a little kid trying to sing the song, I never quite got that line right. <laughs> Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And there's the line. The soul felt its worth. Jesus came born in a a stable, wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger for one purpose, to show us all that it doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are. It doesn't matter if you think you're homeless and you have nothing. Well, so was the Son of God. Homeless that night. 
pretty much finding whatever rags they could find to wrap this child in to keep him warm. The air of all things. And the rags were literally put together by molecules that he held together by his powerful word. He could have had it all. In fact, it all belongs to him. How can we complain? How can we discount someone? How can you? It says in Isaiah 40, <laughs> Why do you complain, O Jacob? Or say, O Israel, my way is hidden from my God. No, the Lord knows you. The Lord identifies with you. The Lord cares for you. The Lord has placed on you supreme worth, supreme value by sending his own son, Lord of all creation, to be with us. Well, it says in verse 13, then suddenly, <laughs> I, I think the breakout moment happened because you just couldn't hold back. The angels couldn't contain it. Breakout moment. Suddenly there was with the angel a, a whole company of the heavenly host. They appeared and they said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth on those whom his favor rests. It's not that we deserve it. God places his favor on us. God is the one who gives us this salvation. It says then when the shepherds, or when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds had to do one thing. They had to go. Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Perhaps one of you here, or perhaps someone watching online, you've never taken that step. You've never gone to encounter Jesus as Lord. You've never gone and given your life to him. You've never responded to him in faith and said, I've got to go, I've got to see, I've got to experience. Well, these shepherds did. Verse 16, so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they did one thing. Verse 17, when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. If you walk away with one thing today, I hope that you realize the love that God has placed on your life. Not because you deserve it, not because you're special, not because you had to earn it, because you can't earn it. God in his mercy gave us Jesus. I hope you know your worth. I hope you know that you are valuable. I hope you know that God loves you. We read that this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If you walk away with one other thing, I hope that you'll walk away with this. Let's proclaim God's love. This love that he has for you is the same love that he has for every person around us. Would you proclaim God's love? Maybe it's, the, and I'll tell you, it's one of those family members. <clears throat> I got one. You got one? I got a family member. I got to show some love to. I just do. Because God loves them. They drive me nuts. But God loves them. Maybe it's that neighbor that you keep thinking, I keep asking him not to do that. I keep asking her, please, maybe you need to show that love. Maybe it's co-worker. Maybe it's the stranger. Who are you going to show God's love to today? This morning, um, as we're finishing this time of worship, 
I want to ask you to respond. Maybe you've never said, I'm going to go see Jesus. I don't need to meet this Jesus. I want to have him in my, my life. I want this transformation. I want it now. If that's you, would you come? Would you just say, I'll come up to the front, or right where you are, would you pray and receive Jesus as Lord? If you want to be a member here, you'd come on down. You come and respond as Jesus is calling you. For those of you, maybe who just need to say, right where you are, God help me love as you've loved. Let's pray as the music team comes and leads us in song. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you that you have placed on us a worth that we could never earn. God, would you help us reveal the love of Jesus to others? We pray this in his name, the name of Jesus. Amen. You respond as God is calling you.